Greetings and salutations. Hello, hello, hello. All right, welcome to Uno Mas edition of Duck and the Usher. I am Fish. Josh. <laughs> Jay. And Jay. We got Jay on for this uh, interesting film that we're doing, but I know uh, Fish is going to do some uh, some stuff before some we begin. Some stuff, yeah. Uh, as always, uh, thank you for tuning in, and we want to give a big thank you to all of our patrons, D-Rock, Krisky, Shape Money, Gina, Voy Pronto, Samantha, Patty, Rios at the Rios Verse, Samwise and Stripes. And now we have, with great pleasure, our first official producer for the show. Yes, we do. Major contributor, a one Mr. Alan A.J. Simmons. So let's hear a big round of applause for, for him. Thanks, Alan. Thank you, A.J. I think he prefers A.J. A.J., sorry. One of my old chums from way back in the day. He's a hell of a guy, and we're very grateful for his support and his patronage um and as well uh, the good homies over at the Sorry. dog bark <laughs> the good homies over at dog barking <clears throat> that's uh it's doug and penny they're they're major contributors to the I don't show i know too. if they can hear it sometimes they're, uh, they're probably barking at trash cans yeah. um the good homies over at copper fox tattoo company as always if you're in the market for a new tattoo it's a new year new you go get marked up get something cool from barrel or gina and uh, and that's about all we have for sponsors to the show. Shout outs, big shout outs. Uh, we we have been engaging more with uh, you, our listener, on our private page. Those of you who are patrons, at least, public page is still open as well. <clears throat> so we got a lot of new um, suggestions uh, for movies that we need to put in our duck bucket. We are replenishing nice. some of them. We've uh, 
we've pulled quite a few now. So I just want to see it a bit fuller and uh, maybe get some some suggestions. A little, a little in more there. volume in that bucket. Yeah, that aren't coming from <laughs> us. Yeah, so it's, our bucket is not. It's not even like half <laughs> empty. Jay, would you do me a favor? Yeah. Uh, I think the collar is on the counter. Yep. Thank you. Ah, the collar. <laughs> we have the anti-barkness for 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 Queen Penny Lane that's barking <laughs> over there. Uh, good homie Krisky, one of our patrons, he suggested the following movies which are going in the duck bucket. We got Murder Party coming up, Adventures in Babysitting, Streets of... Oh, I'm sorry. That is... Uh, those streets are the of, two... F- streets of Fires? No, the Warriors. Oh, okay. From Chris, from uh, Krisky. <clears throat> and then... Uh, D Rock had a, a nice list of movies. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to cover. Streets of Fire, uh, which is awesome. Uh, Green Room uh, from Jeremy Saunier. He also did Murder Party, so there's another one from him. Blood Simple, Empire Records, and Wrong. Uh, and let's see, Shay Money. Whole Shay Money had a few good ones on here. I think you'll be excited about. Um, Cat's Eye. <clears throat> Wasn't that um, Stephen King? Uh, I Wasn't don't remember. Um, yes, I think so. Is that James Woods? Is that James Woods? I don't know why I'm thinking of James Woods. Anyway, Joe versus the Volcano is the mm, one that's, that's going one. in the bucket. Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, which I think is great. We don't do a whole lot of comedy, so we need we need a good yeah, one like that. Yeah, I look, we, the last comedy we did, I think, was like... Death to Smoochie? That was Death to Smoochie, maybe Dutch. Movie, yeah. Oh, Death to Smoochie is great. Yeah, we, we covered that oh, one. one, that one. Was that our, our last comedy that we did? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, Home Alone's kind of a comedy, oh, but... Oh, yeah, that's true. All right, um... And a movie called The Transfiguration. I don't think I've seen that. That's all from Shay. Uh, and I think that's it. Oh, and Void uh, Pronto keeps pestering us about Ton Salon's movies. So um, we'll throw happiness in the duck bucket as well. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what do you gentlemen have uh, been watching, uh, uh, oh. observing, doing anything fun? Uh, maybe not with... I, you know, d- just- I jumped down like a DC animated rabbit hole there for a little bit. Fun? You do that often. I do that often, so... <laughs> Started like getting into Constantine. I ordered my first comic. In, really? Like, yeah, I ordered like the first volume of of Hellblazer comics. Yeah. I don't really read a lot of comics, but I'm like, yeah. oh, I'll dip into this. Been watching The West Wing a lot. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I love The West Wing. Rewatching <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, just mostly TV shows. I don't think I really watched. Have we watched any movies recently? I don't really don't think I have. I know you've both been pretty busy with the theater. Yeah, and you're, yeah. You're busting our asses on all that other, other stuff. pursuits. Yeah, magic. <clears throat> doing magic on Monday nights again. A, Not Wednesday video. anymore. Is it just Monday it's now? Just Mondays now. Cool. Yep. At the Bone Sack. Yeah, if you're in the area, why don't yeah, you, why don't you plug Saint that? Cloud, yeah, Bone Sack is a speakeasy that's inside of the Hunter's Arms Hotel. They're on social media. If you look for Bone Sack, they're uh, based out of. West Palm, it's Accomplice Cider Works. Very deliciousness. And it super awesome people, good. the people who own it is uh, Matt, um, he runs it, and Christina, and she does jewelry, like handmade jewelry, and it's just a super cool spot. <laughs> so we do magic in there that's like close-up conversational miracles. Well, 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 maybe not a miracle, <laughs> but... Mostly like a little <laughs> card and coin tricks or stuff that... Uh, yeah, that's a good way to diminish the whole... I, <laughs> I don't know, dude. You, you can <laughs> just little cards. Just little cards. <laughs> <clears throat> forgive, my, yeah, no, I'm forgive my description of it. I, <laughs> I'm, st- I'm not as well-versed uh, in the magic world. As yeah, no, totally. Are. I was just busting your policy. Yeah, oh, totally yeah, right, like cool. little coin and card yeah. tricks, but wrapped around interesting conversations. That it's not okay. magic is sort of a secondary thing that happens within the course of interesting okay. conversations over really interesting drinks that you're not going to get anywhere else. All right, 
Yeah, so, I'm, so, I'm, so gonna, I'm gonna shamelessly plug uh, my theater. Do yes, because we haven't. I don't yes. think we've done that on the. I cast. don't think you have either. No. So I am the artistic director for Theater in the Cloud. That is R E Theater. Okay. Um, <laughs> a lot of people do E R, but we, we're we doing don't. we're doing the English version of the, the e, of the R E. <laughs> wow. Um, if you want to know a little bit about us, you can go to theaterinthecloud.com. But our mission is to expand the creative culture within Saint Cloud, Florida, by establishing an environment dedicated to live artistic expression for all mediums. We strive to unify, enrich, and inspire our community through the arts. That is our mission statement. And our first show is coming up in April. Yes. It is called Line by Israel Horovitz. The first weekend of April, the second and the third. And yep, then the second, following third, ninth, weekend. tenth, and eleventh yes. of April. And uh, this kind of is an absurdist play, which we're going to be talking about an absurdist movie tonight. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, check us out. Come uh, come support your local arts. You can buy tickets right online. Yep. We have if you go to the website, there's going to be a big button right when you get to the website. It'll yep. stay there. You can come out. $12 for a ticket. $12 for a night out. Y'all. And you can, there's a lot of other options downtown St. Cloud now. This is a growing oh, yeah. area, and the nightlife is actually... Kind of getting a nightlife. Which I, is like yeah. nightlife. I, like I realized the other day this kind of gave me a little tickle. I was like, oh, I can bar crawl now if I wanted to. Yeah, there's enough interesting spots. Yeah. With a lot of interesting things going on and not just on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, true. It's all through the week now things are happening. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, with there's the theater, been, we're uh, trying to bring a little more of that to the to the area. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I like seeing the, the block parties happening. Yeah. And like businesses all, you know, collectively getting together and kind of celebrating the... Uh, and in St. Cloud, yeah, it's cool. at the end of the month, we've got, I've been working with a group that organizes the monthly market, okay, um, which is a big event at the, it's the last Wednesday of every month in downtown St. Cloud. Like a farmer's market? Uh, it's not really, everyone says a farmer's market, but in my mind, a farmer's market does like produce, has, like produce. This is like, a, it's, oh, more, it's like a crafty, this is a craft okay. sort of, they got a lot of bakeries, artisans from, cookies, you know, Sweet. Kissimmee, like Nona, but they kind of have to be in the. In the area. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's not all St. Cloud, but yeah. down New York Avenue and Pennsylvania Avenue, we've got <coughs> vendors and really interesting things. Yeah, sorry to anybody who's listening who isn't in Central yes. Florida. Yes. You're not going to be able to come to this. Well, <laughs> I can, I, I can, Maybe can, one day you'll buy tickets for the yeah. for, for that. You can come <laughs> down and support, and we'll be happy to see you. Yeah. Our movie today is from 1973. It's The you Holy said. Mountain. It's 115 minutes long. So it came out in 73, but they did a re-release in 2017. I think the first official U.S. release was in 2007? Seven, something like that. Yeah, they did like an official U.S. release. The budget was $750,000. I didn't really get much of a box office. I think they had that for the re-release. Not yeah. very important. Um, 7.9 <laughs> out of 10 on IMDb. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Here's well, some other, surprising, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Here's some other movies that came out in 1973. American Graffiti came out in 1973. Right on, yep. Um, also, Fantastic Planet. That's another kind of weird movie that kind of falls along this. It's a great movie. Um, the original uh, Westworld came out oh, with yeah. uh, Yul Brynner. Yul Brynner. And uh, Serpico. Throw that one yeah. out there. Serpico came out there. I like Serpico. I popped into the world in 1973. You did. Yeah, at the very beginning. Just, uh, yep. Jay. Pretty much like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. Yeah. There was a small his name. There was a small blip. Jay appeared. Uh, I didn't get to mention uh, a couple of things I did watch before. Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry. I started. Sorry. No, not real important. I watched a movie called uh, Pawn Shop Chronicles. Yeah, that was great. I watched Wild. that. I watched that a couple of years ago. I was like, okay. Uh, was a, was a it boasted a pretty heavy hefty cast, <clears throat> and it was full of like a lot of like weird shit moments. Um, unhinged. I just watched that new Russell Crowe one. 
I haven't watched that. It's basically a slasher film, but it's just a dude who had a bad fucking day. And so woman, it's the life of Russell Crowe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a guy who's having a bad day. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I got to actually rewatch it because the beginning was kind of cryptic. It was just him going into a home and uh, burning it down with, oh, okay. with its occupants inside. Oh, and then the next day, it's this woman. You, you, she wakes up with her kids and she's having problems, normal everyday shit, divorce, whatever, trying to sell the house. She cuts a guy off in uh, in traffic, honks at him. And then he pulls up next to her and has words with her, that being Russell Crowe. And because she was, you know, hesitant or reticent <laughs> to, to apologize, which is what he wanted, he followed her around the city the rest of the day, killing anyone who fucked with him and then tried to kill her and her son. And, yeah, it's basically a big car chase movie with this guy killing people in broad daylight in the city without any Just kind of... Just nilly Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's Russell Crowe. It's just, more, it's just a more extreme version of Russell Crowe's day to day life. He's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. You the don't movie, afford about it. He's on the cover. He's the top billing, and I know it's because he's the biggest star in the world. But for you know the villain being like the main focus of a movie, it was kind of strange. But it was, I don't know. I think it was fine. Yeah, uh, I've been really watching WandaVision a lot. WandaVision is fantastic. Yeah, I've been watching that too. I haven't. I, didn't, I know an episode yeah. dropped last night. And I haven't watched. Yeah, it yet. and it's the wildest one yet. Really? Right yeah. Okay. Like the last one was a huge reveal at the end. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No, this is going to be interesting. <clears throat> don't, don't, no spoilers. No spoilers. And recently on the 11th of this month marked the 35th anniversary of the passing of uh, one Mr. Frank Herbert, who will be mentioned again <laughs> in this episode because there are multiple connections it, to fish. Dune. <laughs> Through Mr. Did, did I miss a fucking sandworm in this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see one. Uh, <clears throat> I will let everybody know that uh, the only clip you're going to hear in this entire podcast is the one that you heard at the beginning. This movie is incredibly absurd and full, and 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 there's no way that we could convey to you what's going on through any clip, clip, of yeah, any scene because there, it's I, not dialogue. I had, I had written down like clips, but then I thought about it, and I'm like, they're too long, especially when he starts meeting like all the planets, all the, the gods. Yeah. And I'm so like, basically, what the director did was took every single either <clears throat> what you would call occulted or gnostic <clears throat> sort of text, right? Like these deep knowledge from mythologies and religions, um, New Age, just ancient Greece, Egyptian, and literally crammed it into an hour and 45 yeah, minute put it in a film. Put it in a blender and just painted something with it. Yeah, like. each scene is just deep and rich and has so much symbolism in it. Like, And that's so. the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, no, it's incredible. It's, <laughs> from that end. standpoint, it's it's <clears throat> it really is a... From the outside perspective, it looks like a mishmash. Yeah. But... From the mythological perspective, it's like it's following the story of the unenlightened man at the beginning who's like, right, it opens up and he's covered in flies and all of that stuff. And it's his process to enlightenment, <clears throat> climbing the mythical mountain. Yeah. And exactly. just, it seems absurd, but <clears throat> there's like, you know, I don't know. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> it, is, it is incredibly absurd. And uh, I, I, I like the direction you're going right now in describing it because this is kind of a good segue for what I have written about the film's um, production or, or, you know, what, what, what led us to oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, on the surface, as you said, it is bizarre and, and indecipherable just seeing this mishmash of things. And, and in the first 20 minutes alone, 
there is just so much happening in not just with symbolism but like elaborate sets and colors and um a composition that you could pause and see that the, every frame is, is packed to every corner with something right, right. you know <clears throat> um it's a surrealist fantasy, uh, directed, produced, co-scored, co-edited by, and starring Alejandro Jodorowsky. Uh, him being kind of the uh, alchemist, the alchemist, uh, uh, literally and figuratively, both in the movie and and with, with the the myriad concepts he packs into his. Yep. He literally he, turns he's, shit into he's gold. A, he's a Chile- That's a great sequence. Yeah. Like he's when a, he he's did a that. Chilean was... French director, right? Uh, he's Russian Chilean. Chilean. I got a, I got a whole segment about him. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the gold. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. That's just but, a, yeah, yeah. Genius. <clears throat> oh, I thought you were going to elaborate more on oh, that one. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. it's like it's literally like that is what the f- alchemists and the philosophers, stone seeking groups were after. Like, there's a segment <clears throat> of people that think that what they were trying to find was like an element in nature, right? That did it, but it was metaphorical symbolic language that the alchemists were using yeah and it was really a refining process of the self yeah yeah it was turning yourself into gold so that scene where he's like you're a shit yeah 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 but you can become gold, gold. i'm like oh yeah it's nice <laughs> i think that was probably the most coherent and 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 most enjoyable part of the movie for me the middle segment when uh the thief the th- yep. ascend, ascends the tower yep. and, and attempts to like you know change himself because the beginning's all chaos and I think that's intentional, you know, because you're in chaos, right? Right. The unenlightened man lives in chaos, right? Right. In this sort of orgiastic state of yes. uh, consumerism and corporatizations and animalistic and rhetoric. Yeah. Because there's a scene of him like being up and he's like running around like a chimpanzee. Yeah, yeah that's right. And yeah. the chimpanzee is with the woman. It's like, just the chilling. Woman who's yeah. the the Mary Magdalene sort of figure? Oh, true. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So that's the symbolism of like. There's the man who can ascend or transcend, mm-hmm. but he acts like that chimpanzee, and that's who she's with all the way through. So there's a lot of okay. Like I said, it's packed. The, yeah, right. It yeah, it's packed with. That's a probably a a, a meaning or maybe an, an uh, interpretation that I hadn't considered because I was too busy thinking about uh, all the that other twenty minutes before. Things, yeah, that's going on in each scene. Yeah, you can literally rewatch <laughs> this movie over and over again. Not that Josh would ever deign to, but um, uh, and and find something new every time. <clears throat> and I am a little, I'm a little butthurt. Maybe not, maybe not too much. Maybe butthurt isn't the right word. <laughs> but I wasn't there to to witness his reactions to what was on screen, not knowing full well what the movie was going to be about. Cause I, first time I saw it was maybe 14 years ago. Right. And maybe 13, 14. And I was, you know, in my early twenties uh, and thought I knew every fucking thing. Yeah. And so I'm seeing this movie and I didn't fucking pay much attention to it then because I was just getting high and trying to be like, yeah, we just watched this deep movie, man. Super deep. <laughs> Super deep. My mind is just so lit right yeah, now. Yeah, man. It's just open. I'm yeah. just like, you know, I get Floating it. Floating on like, a plane, I see, man. Yeah, and I hadn't really discovered acid yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought getting high and watching goofy yeah. shit on TV was the uh, pinnacle mind of, blowing. of counterculture. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah. See, this is probably the first time I'd seen it in a while. I remember re-attempting it, um, I don't know, it was a few years after that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Just, just snored. 
Josh, oh, there was a moment yeah. where I, at the I, end, I smoked, towards the end. I did a little devil's lettuce before I watched this. Oh. And uh, I kind of just. It reacts to Josh making him really, really sleepy. Yeah. So okay. I, like, I, I, I didn't zonk out for a long time. Yeah. It would be like, I close my eyes and then it'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Wake back up. Just a, just a little bit. And he's like, mm, nope, snooze. <laughs> just at the end. Just at the yeah. end. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Here's some interesting stuff about this movie. The film was produced by Alan Klein of the ABKCO Records, or Abaco. Okay. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Alan Klein was the Beatles' manager. He was. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's an interesting <clears throat> correlation with him uh, first approaching George Harrison yeah. for the role of the thief. Right. And he was like, nope yeah. to the whole butt-scrubbing thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he wasn't feeling nope. it. Nope. Yeah. That might, that might, in well, hindsight, that was yeah. probably smart, Mr. Harrison. Yeah, in hindsight, nice. That, that's, why, that's, that's why George's guitar gently weaves. See what I did there? <laughs> hindsight. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, it was the Jodorowsky's film, uh, 1970s El Topo, uh, that caught the eyes of John Lennon and George Harrison. And Loco, Loco, Yoko and Lennon both put up the money for uh, this film. Um, oh, wow. For um, The Holy Mountain, believe it or not. Um, the inspiration for the film is the is two uh, pieces of work among many things, uh, but more directly um, the book "The Ascent of Mount Carmel," a uh, written by a 16th century spiritual. It is rather a 16th century spiritual treatise by Spanish Catholic mystic and poet Saint John of the Cross, mm. in which he details a pursuit of ascetical life to gain mystical union with Christ giving advice and reporting through on his own experience. This was his his work. Alongside another connected work by John uh, called The Dark Knight, which details the so-called dark night of the soul, when the individual soul <clears throat> undergoes earthly and spiritual privations in search of union with God. Uh, these two works, together with The Living Flame of Love and The Spiritual Canticle, both by this guy, are regarded as some as the greatest works in both Christian mysticism and in Spanish language literature. Oh wow! <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not familiar with those works, but nor am I. <laughs> yeah, uh, but these seem to have had a major influence on on Mr. Jodorowsky. Yeah. Uh, these, uh, sorry, <clears throat> the other inspiration for Jodorowsky's film is Mount Analog by Rene Dalmal. Uh, the novel's full title is Mount Analog, a novel of symbolically authentic non-Euclidean adventures in mountain climbing. <laughs> Can you grok? Can you grok for sure? That's a nice callback to our last episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so that is his book with a with a your verbose title, which is a classical yeah. allegorical adventure novel. The novel describes an expedition undertaken by a group of mountaineers to travel to and climb the titular mountain, an enormous mountain on a surreal continent, which is invisible and inaccessible to the outside world uh. and can only be perceived by the application of obscure knowledge. Damal uh, died before uh, its completion, which leaves the novel with a one way direction ending uh, abruptly in the middle of a sentence. Uh, the Remnants were first published in 1952, and the book inspired many artists like writer Daniel Pinkwater and musician John Zorn, who released an album of the same name. Dalmal was a student of George Gurdjieff. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Gurdjieff. I'm going to go with that. Uh, <laughs> a Russian philosopher, mystic, spiritual leader, and composer, Gurdjieff taught 
that most humans do not possess a unified consciousness and thus live their lives in a state of hypnotic waking sleep, quote-unquote, but that it's possible to awaken to a higher state of consciousness and achieve full potential, a disciplinary method he describes as the work, uh, the work on oneself or the system. Yeah. B- Buddhists figured that out like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a while ago, yeah. He's like, hey, uh, George... <laughs> It sounds hey, we, like something I read over. We no, have no, 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 a no, no, whole no. thing over. Here. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck all that, fuck all that." <laughs> yeah, no, it's the work. I'm doing the work. <laughs> uh, yeah, because apparently the work uh, is just him uniting the methods of fakir, monk, yogi, and dubbing it the fourth way. Oh yeah, well, and they've got the fourfold path in Buddhism. Okay. So yeah, it's like it's, it's not the eightfold. Uh, the. Oh, maybe it's the my, eightfold and the four d- truths. Yeah. Oh, like, ah, yeah, there you yeah, go. Sorry. It's been a while since I had... Yeah, four, four truths in the Eightfold <laughs> Path, yeah. Uh, these teachings, <laughs> as well as the aforementioned books, as well as spiritual exercises, would be the basis for the preparation of the central cast members for this film. Nice. The cast spent three months getting ready, guided by Oscar Ichazo of the Arica Institute, who would teach Zen, Sufi, and yoga exercises with eclectic concepts drawn from the Kabbalah, the I Ching, and our boy Gurdjieff. After training, the group lived in Jodorowsky's home for a month, and before principal photography would commence, Jodorowsky and his wife spent a week without sleep. Many of them used LSD (laughs) and psilocybin mushrooms during the death-rebirth scene, Uh, and the film uh, would start shooting sequentially, starting in early 1972. Interesting. Yes. (laughs) Stay up for a fucking week. You're going to make a movie now. Uh yeah, I don't, <laughs> so I, I I don't think we're gonna like walk through this. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna walk through scene the by way scene. We, do, we yeah. can just talk about some different different yeah, sections of it. I took it, some notes. So if you guys want to watch this, I think you watched it free on YouTube, right? It's free on YouTube if you look up the original Mexican title, right? It's in the French title. The French title. I, I rented it on Amazon. It was like uh, a couple bucks. Yeah. If you're into. This type of stuff, like mm-hmm. the New Age spirituality or any type of, again, like Gnostic or alchemical or any of that kind of cool. Yeah. I'm a magician, so I'm into that stuff. Just sure. by, you know, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. And like I said, this movie has all of that stuff. Like even his symbol, that symbol of the nine, right? The Enneagram. The Enneagram, yeah. right? I have a friend, Steve Hart. A, like, yeah, there's there's a bunch time. of like Greek the 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 Mahdi the Greek evil eye which I just got that yep. tattoo like they yep. have that. So what I'm doing is I'm looking up some trivia. Was that was at the beginning. Yeah, like, I was like fucking evil eye. Yeah, where they're like walking around the tape, like you can see it. Yeah, on like the above. How shot. weird is that that you would get that tattoo right before and then watch the movie? It's not weird at all. Well, I mean, it's not even. That's what he's talking about, right? This is what he's totally. Yeah, that that symbol has been throughout time all the time, right? <laughs> so I'm gonna t- like I'll talk about some scenes like the, the the opening scene with the guy with the hat and there's like the, the shaving of the head yeah. when he's doing those movements it's uh-huh. a it's a Japanese tea ceremony oh yeah that's true yeah so yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at some stuff up yeah. here um, he states the girls themselves were not actually actresses but two mm-hmm. but pe- but merely two people just wanted to have a spiritual experience mm-hmm. uh, meaning they were searching for their own truth the naked truth that's yeah, yeah. To the head. <laughs> It's probably just a couple of new age hippie chicks are like, it will be in your movie. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, do we have like to show he takes our these tats? wealthy, like 
versions or a projected version of what we think right. success is and beauty and all of those things. And he literally wipes it and shaves it clean. Yeah. Strip it down. Strips it down strips to it its, down. yeah, to its barest form. Yeah. I like the it's cutting away attachments. I like the scene where, uh, and it's black and white. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, when the thief goes and you see like the the it's the what is it like the the conquest of Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the frogs, with the yeah. frogs and the horny like, toads or whatever those things were. Yeah, I think oh it was chameleons and toads, and I, mean, yeah. I heard they had a hard time filming it because the chameleons are I always. I can't so imagine why. No, the frogs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the fro- the frogs kept expanding, and then like their their urine was like acid. They said, and like the frogs would expand, <laughs> so they they would fucking put the clothes on them while the frogs were puffed up, and then they would exhale, and the frogs would jump out of the clothing. And then they were they're saying that um, the principal, like the photographer, the cameraman, had to like leave the camera on the, the lizards for so long. Because they wouldn't fucking move. Yeah. He's like, it would take hours for one of them just to like blink or lick their fingers or something. So he's like, it Jeez. took forever for us to edit this this scene of yeah. frogs. What was it? The chameleons? This is 73. They're doing this on film. film uh-huh. Yeah. Right? yeah. They just literally like keep the camera pointed at them forever. Yeah. Just to get a little bit of movement. Like when he's looking his eye or some shit. Yeah. Like the chameleons are supposed to represent the... Uh, Mexicans, the Mexicans, or the, like Aztec uh, yeah, and then the culture, f- and then the frogs are the Spaniards, right? Or and then the whole, Europeans. the whole thing explodes. They, yeah, they blood. strap like spears and stuff to them, yeah. and they're jumping yeah. around, and then yeah, they blow up the whole thing at the end. Yeah, it's like a circus. I wrote it down. Some of it's pretty ham fisted, you know, like oh, the conquest. But it's supposed to be, yeah, right. Those right. scenes because it's showing the chaos of this place, yeah, right, of the unenlightened people. Right, it's showing that chaos, so it really is just just like crude. absurd and yeah. crude and like again animalistic. He's jumping around. Yeah. This is the scene where he's jumping around on a, like a chimpanzee. Uh, also, too, like I, what I kind of um, oh, and that little dude, I forgot totally about yeah, the little, little dude. That's the, his spiritual twin, the dwarf. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the shaman because that that's who he has to shed. Yeah, uh, he has to throw. Yeah, he's into the ocean. Well, he wasn't really a dwarf. He was like an amputee. He's like he's a Amputee dwarf. Kind of. I don't know. Well, he, just, yeah, he, he didn't have any arms. He didn't have arms. No, he had like one and a half just arms. Stopped. Or yeah. not even one whole arm. I don't know if that's okay to say, but yeah, he was just like. I don't think we're disparaging him by describing him. Yeah. But it came. Yeah, that was that was his spiritual mm-hmm. twin that he walks around with the whole time. So there is uh, also back at the very beginning, too, in addition to the tea ceremony, there's like some Buddhist chanting going on. And I guess right at the moment, like, Jodorowsky's name touches the screen, the Buddhist chant Shakyamuni, which refers to Siddhartha. Oh. Um, and, and, you know, keeping in the theme of enlightenment, you know. And when the dude, when we see the dude in the dirt uh, in the beginning, he's surrounded by bottles, and his face is covered in flies, flies. and he's pissing himself. Yeah. yeah. And the PE travels and leads you to, like, a stack of rubbish with a couple tarot cards on it. And one of them is the fool, and I think yeah. he's supposed to be the representation of the Correct. fool. Because when the dwarf shows up, he's got the five swords pinned to his back. Right. So tarot cards are there was everywhere. Throughout. There was like a couple yeah. of scenes that reminded me of like when the guy's on his back, it looked like St. Christopher, like those medals, you know, like the traveler, the, yeah. the saint of safe travels, St. Christopher. Okay. He's got a little kid on his back. So oh, okay. He's got those little oh, medals, yeah. you know. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of that. Kind of like Yoda's this guy around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, no, totally. He's the shaman in the beginning, LSD, right? He's got the moon. 
earrings. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's like this thing is deep in symbols. Yeah, it's <laughs> every literally yeah, every sh- every shot, everything. every shot you can pause and notice something. Because like the kids yeah. show up and they string them up in a Christ-like pose and they try to throw rocks at them yep. and he scares them away. There's way too many naked children in this movie for my liking. There's as well. a lot of nakedness. A lot of nakedness and, and asshole scrubbing too. Yeah, there, that's the yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an important scene. Because we're we ha- I think he's it's intentional to show us like you. This is you. You're disgusting human beings. You're this yeah. is what you look like. Tells him straight away. Yeah, like that's the great the first dialogue. It was funny. I was having this conversation with another friend of ours yeah. last night. It was like the first words of dialogue are. Do you want gold? Yeah. And my friend was like, yes. <laughs> Which yeah. was his reaction. Are we talking to Mark? Was, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, Mark yeah. actually goes panning for gold. Yeah. Like, Do you want gold? <laughs> yes. In Florida? He, he goes up north and doesn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, and then he's, that's the line where he's like, you're excrement. Yeah, you are shit. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Uh, that guy was like huffing in the, that was just nuts. Yeah. They like share a smoke and then they, the dwarf licks him. Oh, in the beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like that—that's that very animalistic yeah. uh, behavior too. It's almost like two pack wolves or something. Yeah, and then they go dancing off into town. And, yeah, yeah, and the town was wild. There town was, was where they run into. Uh, yeah, that's the end of town, right? Yeah, well, they—they they, you see like Roman soldiers, and then you have like the tourism that's there, and like people are being killed, and they're like taking pictures, like, oh, like oh, yeah, was, and the, the colors are coming out of them. <clears throat> Public yeah, executions right. with yeah. like yeah, weird colors, and the, and the birds escaping them, and their mouths are taped shut. There's these like bourgeoisie, like on their knees, just giving praise to whatever. Yeah, then money. there's like firing lines. There's yeah, there's and everyone's public, snapping photos, public sex and stuff yeah. like that, right? Like super weird. Like, like the, the soldier that grabs that woman. And, and they're like, "Aha! Yeah, look, yeah, my yeah, wife yeah. got banged by a soldier." Isn't that great? Yeah, <clears throat> <laughs> it's rampant and it's bizarre. We see a stoning because like they they grab the thief. And then, because he grabs like the cross, they yeah. like, crucify yeah, yeah, yeah. him type of thing. And then, right. like all the kids show up and start stoning him. And then he wakes up and right. he scares them off. Yeah, scares them off. And yeah, I remember when they, the, the yeah the, the fat Romans and the and the nun with the mustache. Like <laughs> yeah, it's like a guy dressed up as a nun. They get him yeah. drunk, uh, yeah. and then they like make a cast mold of his of his body. They yeah, create an multiply. image of Christ. To, yeah, to create more. Right. Yeah, more. And then little. he destroys all of them. Yeah. And, uh, he, beat, he beats them, right? He wakes yeah, up. Yeah, he whips them. That's a bizarre, like, scene, too. Like, if you pause it on this scene, there's the actor at the kind of back of this room, yeah. and it's just shot full yeah. of these weird Christ-looking yeah. statues. I wonder if anybody in Mexico has one of those. Like, just help I was going to say, somebody, there's no visual effects. Everything's done in How camera. How does he get to the place where and maybe this is later on in his adventure mm-hmm. where he shows up in those strange like temple and he puts the Christ thing up on the mantle. I think it's shortly and the Pope shortly is after, in after this because he carries okay. one with him. That's right. Afterwards. That's right. Yeah. Then he puts it up on the mantle and the, he like wakes the Pope up. Or the yeah. Pope, the Pope, Pope is down. in a Post. bed with, with another statue of yeah. Christ. Yeah. Like, so you can tell he's like, no, I got the right one. I got the right one right here. It's the one right here. This, this is mine. Yeah, yeah. Only I can interpret it. I know the one. I know the one Christ. Yeah. And yeah. He, he runs up, grabs the, the quote unquote false <clears throat> idol yeah. that's on the mantle and throws both the false idol and the actual representation. Yeah. The, you know, thief. Yeah, the, well, the, and, and the thief like eats one of the faces. After that scene, and after sends he throws it him out, he literally bites his nose first. And I thought that was kind of interesting because the bite your you wouldn't bite your nose to spite your own face. Yeah, 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 saying, yeah. Right. So then he starts. Holy eating shit! It. Yeah, and it's, 
Yeah, very bizarre. Right? I, f- I figured he would really enjoy this movie. <laughs> well, I don't uh, know if enjoy is. Out. I don't know if enjoy is the, really the word. This this film requires your participation through the whole thing. It's not. Yeah. You, and you also got the, the traditional he narrative. It, you got like the upside down crucifix when he sends it up to the sky. Yeah, the like there's that was like the, and then he, the he, worst he, form of crucifixion is if you were like a real yeah. creator if you were upside down. And then there's uh, the obvious symbolism of sending him skyward, like toward the heavens, and then sort of. And then he himself ascends up a tower. I don't know if that is the, the same thing. Or yeah, because yeah, he goes up to the tower and he sees the lady with like the Hebrew symbols all over. It. And this is where yeah. he meets the alchemist and like the stylized movement. Yeah, yeah. there's like the symbolic, right? That's the ritual. Okay. Right? So it's the shifting your frame of reference from the ritual to the actual or the real, mm-hmm. right? The, the ritual that we do is supposed to remind us that that's what we have to do is actually climb the tower. I got gotcha. you. To become transcended, to to ascend, right? Right. My notes are making and me being upside sick. down. You're going up and you're going out because, like, um, like stupid, basically. Yeah, yeah. You're doing it backwards. Okay. Essentially, I understand. Right? I'm reading my notes and it's all like Jesus attacks a dude. Jesus does this. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That, that was the first thing that I remembered the most was this scene when he when he gets put in that in the the Christ mold. Because yeah. uh, that's the one that stuck out for me the most from when I was when I was like in my twenties watching it. Because like none of no one had to or someone had to literally make all of these Christs. Yeah. Imagine imagine being the person like going to work one day and they're like, Hey, what are you doing today? It's like I gotta make a bunch of Jesuses today. And they're like, What does that mean? <laughs> like, well you see, it's gonna be part of a movie. Oh, what's the movie about? <laughs> uh, well, there's a lot more people in the workshop doing a whole hell of a lot more than just making, you know, seven foot tall Jesus figures. And I was right. like, I don't know, understand what you're talking about. And I was like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even a costume designer on this or anything. Oh my lord! Yeah. Imagine being just a camera person or an extra. I'd be like, What's going oh, yeah. on in this fucking movie? And we glossed over a little bit. There's there's a scene where they introduce us to Mary Magdalene or the figure of Mary Magdalene in that. Oh, when the, the chimpanzee, the group of women, yeah, the the group of women yeah. are in a temple, right? Yeah. And they're all scantily clad and they come out and then they yeah. start winking. It's like, and they have the little girl. <laughs> the, there's the a little girl dude. that goes over to an old dude. Yeah. And takes out his left eye yeah. and gives it to her. Right. Uh, yeah. Beauties in the eye of the beholder. I don't know. I don't, well, <laughs> well, there's the left eye or the left hand uh, path or, you yeah. know, can be interpreted there. I'm, I, you have you have literal like drawings when you're doing notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's like cool. a, a lot of these scenes are like um, if you look at Freemasonry, <laughs> like in the scene where he goes into the um, there's a temple and there's a black and white pillar. The that setup is yeah. straight out of like I mean, there's a lot of Kabbalistic stuff in there too. Sure, the painted the symbol woman. Yeah, it's all cabal like mystic <clears throat> Judaism yeah. signs. And those pillars are right out of the Freemasonry. Okay. It's like, I forget what the other one is called. One is called Boaz. They have names, those pillars. Oh, and wow. they represent, yeah, it's all deep. There's cool. a school guy, Manly P. Hall, that sort of like he's a little No, cool, yeah. But yeah, it's I, wild stuff. I'm actually kind of grateful we didn't get to do this one right away because there was so much to unpack. Uh, yeah. For me, like reading more and more about it. This, this movie is more than just like you know inspirational or uh it was supposed to change the world 
That yeah. was his vision behind the film was yeah. this, this thing was going to change the world. Well, you, and you definitely do see its influence through, uh, I think through cinema, like with look at, look at directors like Terry Gilliam, yeah. the movie um, that we covered, uh, Baron Munchausen. That movie mm-hmm. is busy as fuck. There's a lot yeah. going on in that and frame by frame when you can yeah. sort of kind of feel the jodorowsky of it a little bit because it just feels so chaotic. There's just so much happening. Yeah, because yeah. uh, Fish and I were talking the other day and I was like, it is very Beckett. It is very absurdism because there's, they're really, you're really coming out at the end of this movie thinking of whatever you think it's about. Like, yeah. really, you can't, there's no, there's no actual underlying it's, plot to it. It's a tarot it. card in and of itself. Yeah. Right? That's the, that's kind of You read what, into it. What you the want. The tarot's philosophy is like you, what you're seeing isn't in the card. Right. It's inside of you. I feel, right. like, I feel like you could jumble up the scenes of this movie. You could it, you could play no, this out of order, maybe a little bit, no, but not. I don't think it's so. a, it's because a very specific mythological sequence of, of pictures. Ev- <laughs> it's the evolution of man right. from unenlightenment to enlightenment, and it doesn't seem like it, but there literally there are a, you know first, second, and third acts. They're pretty distinct. Just like our daily lives don't feel like that. Don't feel. Like you could jumble up the days in your life or whatever, right. and you you know you wouldn't see any difference. But right. no, it's very yeah. important that it's taking this path. It's a, it's an arc kind of thing. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, it's a circle of life. Yeah, <laughs> definitely is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so he meets planets. The um, the, the other um, infl- beyond just like other filmmakers. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. Beyond just other filmmakers, which you can clearly see, like you know your Terry Gilliam's uh, Wes Anderson probably uh, probably really uh, likes Jodorowsky for the way his composition works. Mm-hmm. Um, Darren Aronofsky, uh, did you see Mother? Did I see Mother? I think I did. The yeah. Exclamation points! Uh, it's uh, Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence, and it is a very absurdist movie too, and it feels almost Jodorowsky like in its uh, start to finish because it's not a traditional narrative; it's just a series of like a weird. Right, shit, all the way through. Dream um, sequences, yeah, with yeah. A, probably a little more, you know, cohesive because you know it's modern filmmaking. Right, David Lynch, you can certainly see some of his work maybe being directly influenced by Jodorowsky. The uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, some of his work isn't so bizarre. I mean, there's some bizarre stuff to it, but it's more like dreamlike qualities. He did the movie Only God Forgives. I think he did Drive. Okay. Um. And even like, I don't know, maybe Lars von Trier. These are all like the directors, I think, to me, from what I've witnessed, kind of like. Interesting. Maybe grab a little bit of that Jodorowsky absurdism. Um, Because there was uh, two other directors in the time, I think, that were pretty similar. It was Fellini. Fellini did a lot of, you know, weird avant-garde sort of. uh, I forget his his full name, but uh, he's one of those directors. It makes movies like this where it's it's very... uh, um, avant-garde-esque. Avant-garde and kind of weird and performance art and, you know, d- people with, like, theater backgrounds. It's not, yeah, it's not speaking in literal language and dialogue yeah. language. It and speaks in symbolic yeah. language. Movement. And it takes... <clears throat> I was just thinking about it. It's like this film for Jodorowsky. Did I say that right? I think so, yeah. Um, this film is the same thing as the mythical mountain, the holy mountain that they're trying to mm-hmm. hurdle in the within the film itself is yeah. that you to come to an understanding of what he's trying to get across yeah. is, is a endeavor, mountain is a mountain that you have to assault. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to take the casual observer. 
It's gonna get lost at the bar. The movie, the yeah, the movie right? is a mountain too of its own. Like of its own. That's why at the end, sort it's of that, that mental, great scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost a Monty Python esque type. The fourth of, wall break. Yeah, and he yeah. pushes. His, he does Camera. the alchemist thing. Pan, pan back. Pan yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're images. We're projections. We're like. Which I also really like. That's a great way to cap the movie off because it's so bizarre and so weird and so absurd. It's the whole way through that once you get done, your brain is goo, and. It's nice to know that even through all that esoteric mishmash, you could still be like, all right, real life. We got to deal with real reality and not just all this woo-woo stuff. Like, that's yeah. all fun and good to help you get there. But remember, and things aren't just going to be okay because you will it into the universe. Right. Fucking time to get to work. You know, there's yeah, you reality to to work, right? still yeah. as well yeah. as all of this, yeah. you know. You have to Fluff. learn, you refine yourself, yeah. and then you can go out into the world. Right. That's why he collects the planets. Yeah, the different, right. the different like, right. Roman so gods goes, that they had, from yeah, Venus to Pluto to Mars, Saturn, Mars. Yeah. They have, like, the whole... I was, I was trying to look that up at one point, like, Mars, you know, Mars is making weapons, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that's... The, Aries, uh, god of war. Yeah, god of war, right. but then I started looking up some of the other planets, and it didn't really So fit, Venus is beauty, yeah. um, Jupiter was <laughs> art and sex, yeah. uh, Saturn had a lot to do with uh, the Money, children right? and the toy factory. Oh, there was a toy factory. They made, they made the, the toys Fake of guns, weapons. yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was an indoctrination of the children. Um, the financial the, 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 advisor was Uranus, wasn't it? Uh, it was Berg, one of them. Yes, 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 yes. Uranus which is, is kind the of funny financial advisor to the president. His wife's sitting on that tall-ass toilet. Pooping, yeah. And, and, yeah, the, and yeah. then he's like nailing a board up to the window to the light. as if to be like, all right, we're, we are cutting ourselves off Yo. from the world, uh, from other people because we're we're out of touch and... and there's something about like that kind of wealth and the the fucking abject poverty that they are living in. Yeah. Before they go, you know, uh, serve some some other bureaucrat or politician. Because yeah, the, the alchemist says he goes like he's like with the help of all these people you'll become like unstoppable. Yeah, yeah because basically all of those were living in they're different versions of the ego, mm. right? They're sort of ego characters. And there's nine of them, which is a callback to the whole enneagram. Enneagram and the nine immortals, right? Yeah. That they're all going to take their place. So. The way to come, the whole idea is that you're trying to come to a whole understanding of yourself as a human being, right? Right, right. That, that it's called a lot of different things, transcendent, yeah. right? Unification, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But that's the whole idea. And the only way to do that isn't to kill those things. <laughs> Passing within. <laughs> right? It's not, yeah, it's not to kill those things because you're killing aspects of yourself. It's to refine those. Yeah. Right? And bring them into, right? center so and then yeah there's some go ahead sorry i was just gonna say like like after the, we meet all like the the roman gods or whatever the hell they're gonna be uh the egos like then it starts to go we start getting the, the holy mountain yeah like, yeah. Like, talking yeah about the holy mountain yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's all of the mountains yeah. he makes me laugh when he talks yeah, yeah he's so great push the camera back it is kind of like a Frenchy type of thing and yeah. well he, he's certainly a citizen of the world and yeah when i break down a little story about him when we, but when they all start like going to the mountain it like i even think i said it i was like this is turning into like lord of the yeah, rings, lord of the rings like, here for a second, like yeah. you got the nine they're gonna just travel up to the mountain yeah and like this is where it started to go like okay i kind of see a movie happening here and then yeah. it just fucking ends pretty quick because they get to the these are the nine immortals it starts and to so, make sense and then and then you know it's the maya it's yeah. all illusion and the, yeah and they go to the immortals and they're just fake and you know the alchemist is like, like ha, 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 i got you and then what you know the thief has to get rid of the monkey on his back 
Yep. He has to throw him into the water, yeah. right? Which is like casting him back into the unconscious. Yep. Water is Waters of the unconscious. unconscious. The ocean. He's going to th- has to shed. Yeah, yeah. The monkey on the back was like his vice type of thing. And yeah. Get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. that's the, his his spiritual twin. But you can even see like part he, of him coming to wholeness. Is, he falters a bit even in the beginning when he's forcing them all to burn their money and shed themselves. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he steals a little bit. Yeah, and then they, yeah. the alchemist calls him out for he's it. He's like, yo, motherfucker. Yeah, throw it back in there. You don't need it. Um, there, there is a great scene when they're going to the mountain at the bottom of the mountain before they get there. Yeah. Right? That whole scene or segment where they get to the Pantheon bar. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Where it's all like, you don't have to go to the Enlightenment. Yeah, you mountain. can do it right you here, bud. You can stay right here. We're having a great time. And it's just a refined version of the chaos yep. that was happening yep. at the other place, right? This is just like the cool people. That exactly made what I thought. <laughs> right? I was like, yo, this is just like, uh, like, uh, evangelicals or christian booksellers or uh you know snake oil salesmen so to speak like yeah. your get rich quick schemes or like detox cleanses this is your yeah. uh fucking hollywood diet like or whatever like things like that people trying to uh, essentially grift it's a grift yeah totally. you can get it with this yeah, i'm yeah, david yeah. avocado they're almost wolf there. they're almost there yeah and they just <clears> decided <throat> to party because there's the guy who's standing there one of my favorite books the sacred mushroom and the cross Uh where he's like christ is just the mushroom yeah 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 yeah. and he's like he's basically a mockery of tim leary he said he says the crucifix the mushroom was a crucifix and Uh, also the tree is the philosopher's stone yeah he says the the mushroom the mushroom is the crucifix and the tree of life and death yeah he even uses like a rosicrucian like book or what he called a rosicrucian manuscript like before they start their their path and i was like oh man yeah how many different uh disciplines yeah yeah (laughs) every single one of them there is a maddening amount of conceivable interpretations uh throughout this whole thing right um and jodorowsky in a uh in an interview once said i think uh, of movies as a way to enlightenment as much as anything else uh, i must use it the first thing a film must change are the actors in it and then the audience is what he says and uh the beginning again like feels like the world is like eating itself like in need of of that enlightenment and a redditor described jodorowsky as the mel brooks of vulgar surrealism (laughs) um yeah so another another great little bit in here is is sometimes the soundtrack can be like tonal and weird and kind of you know uh well we got to hear some of it at the the beginning uh yeah like I know there was some like Mongolian throat singing at the beginning at one point. Certainly, yeah. Um, kind of goes all over the place. It was it was written in th- by in collaboration with three people. Um, I know one of them was Don Cherry, who is a is a jazz musician. And in fact, when I was writing all of this down, I put on some Don Cherry's music just to kind of like nice, you know, get, get in that zone, get in that uh, <laughs> get in that energy, you know. And so that was fun. Um, and I can't. I I had the other dude's name written down, but um, I think this is the only movie he had worked on. And 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 music is important, I think, in a lot of this um, because there were so many musicians, not just other filmmakers, who like draw a lot of inspiration from this movie. There's this band called Sleep, uh, which is a really great stoner doom band. One of my favorites. They have a mountain called Sleep's Holy Mountain, or they have an album called Sleep's Holy Mountain. Oh, interesting. Um. There is a band itself called The Holy Mountain, and they're actually really rad too. They're like I think I want to say they're like DB hardcore. Okay, uh, a lot of heavier bands really enjoy uh, this stuff. 
<laughs> Surprisingly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and um, so it was, yeah, Sleep, Holy Mountain. There was another one. And I'm, I'm blanking on a little bit. But, uh, yeah, if you're a fan of heavy music like Matt Pike and uh, High on Fire, um, Sleep is a great band. Their other album, Dope Smoker, is really cool. Why am I blanking? Sleep's Holy Mountain, The Holy Mountain. Oh, and there's oh, there's a, like a printing press, a T-shirt company called Holy Mountain Printing. Yeah, so yeah, it's all over the place. You can certainly see. Uh, yeah, I saw that there was also a movie that came out in 1926 called The Holy Mountain. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a French off. It's like oh, okay. House, a different film, completely different. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> I call The Holy Mountain. Speaking of movies that are uh, similarly named, I've discovered like a whole lot of movies for this TikTok series I'm doing called mm-hmm. Movies You Didn't Know Were Remakes. There's a lot of movies out there that are. Um, Named the same but aren't uh, related. Yeah, you know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. There's at least like two other films with that name. Oh wow! That are made years apart, in some case decades, or not, or just in different countries. And the phrase itself refers to James Bond. And so, and 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 somehow there's always like a hitman and or criminal element involved, or a spy uh, in in all of these renditions. And it's it's been I don't know. It's weird. Uh, there was another one too that I kind of racking my brain about but I'll, I'll i'll cross that bridge when i come to it <clears throat> uh, do remind me that we do have a uh, a review by voy pronto oh we do yeah fantastic <laughs> um okay so uh, back to the point when he when he climbs that tower he gets into that rainbow room i thought that was really oh, cool that's a beautiful Great that's shots that yeah scene with the pillar in it there's yeah. a camel in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a, this is where he meets the alchemist. <clears throat> yeah, and that lady with like all the, the like with all the yeah the Hebrew symbol. symbols and yeah. stuff yeah. all over. Symbol. The alchemist is dressed in white. He's flanked by two goats and then a camel. The goats are behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, a small battle, I guess, takes place between them. The alchemist subdues the thief by touching all of his chakras. Yep, hits him all the way up. Bing, boom, boom. Yeah, then pulls some weird thing out of his neck, right? Yeah, and. Yeah, they, they pull like a weird tumor a out of the back of his neck, which thing. turned out to be that's something they bought in the local market, like yeah, a fish nice. market. <laughs> oh yeah, um, also all the all the animals that were crucified. Oh yeah, oh yeah. those were they were from a restaurant, and then they returned they, they them. They returned them. They're like here, and they, they were served them. Up. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they look like little lambs or whatever. Right? I, yeah, yeah, I was wondering yeah, what they, they were. were. I was like, they look like dogs, cats. What are those? Yeah. Delicious. Um, after they cooked I certainly hope so. Mm-hmm. Waste not, want not, right? Because yeah, exactly. there was a lot of them. There was a lot. <laughs> so make sure you wash these. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure, we will. Mexico City. Uh, a caduceus is tattooed on on the assistant's back. She's got all the Hebrew uh, yeah. written on her. What's funny? I'm just no, you like wash it beforehand. I'm like, would you like some lamb with little Montezuma's revenge on the side? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> See, there's a little uh, street dirt on these. It's all right. Just go get that, man. Um, all right. So there's a caduceus tattooed on the back of the assistant. Um, it's a wand carried by Hermes in Greek mythology. And, uh, it's associated with the planet Mercury, um, and its use in astrology and alchemy and astronomy. And I think that's why, uh, the first version of the flash, Jay Garrick has like the winged hat, just yeah. like Hermes does. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. And that's what the H stands for in Shazam. Is Hermes. Superhero, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, strength of Solomon, speed of Hermes, whatever. Um, and so they say that the wand can wake the sleeping. And so he and the alchemist and the assistant are doing just that, trying to wake up this guy. So it's also adopted by the medical. 
I was just coming to that. Yeah. It's also <laughs> recognized as a symbol of commerce and negotiation, two realms in which balance and exchange and reciprocity are ideals. It's often incorrectly used as a symbol of healthcare organizations and medical practice, usually in the U.S., confused with the rod of Asclepius, which has only one snake and no wings. Right. And that's the who's uh, symbol with the single snake. Um, and I mentioned the flash. <clears throat> also, the assistant has a turtle and a butterfly tattooed on her inner elbows, which I guess are supposed to be the oh, same tattoo. as like, life should... and rebirth. Oh, she actually had a turtle. I'm like, did I miss a turtle in this nah, movie? There's, there's, <laughs> like I said, there's so much happening. Turtles all the way down. <clears throat> Old something, something that's slow and on land. Understanding and then, how the universe. Is. Oh, it's and turtles then the all the way down. Butterfly being the, the butterfly is a classic tale of metamorphosis. Yeah. Uh, you know, the caterpillar goes sure. into the cocoon, goes yeah. through the process, and becomes a butterfly. And you have to destroy everything that you are to become that what you're supposed to become. Classic. On brand. Metaphorical. <laughs> um, so the thief awakens and the alchemist asks if he wants gold and we get the gold moment, <laughs> which is great. Yes. Um, there's a top-down shot that I thought was really great because that's when that, they're in that blue room. And it, the, you see the actors are very far down. And I wonder if that room was built tall like that or mm. if they just took the shot from way up and then in post like put some blue slats on the film to make it appear... Like it's Either. a like, but Maybe. it feels like everything in the movie is in camera. Like you know, yeah. there's very few special effects, effects. except for and, just like those especially cute, in 1973. Like yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they did cuts and like the the birds and stuff coming out of people. Those were it was certainly possible to do great effects. I mean, look at 2001 and 1968. No, no, I, I understand that, but I guess with his budget and yeah, and then the poo the poo changing. <laughs> yeah. going from like bubbly brown liquid to yeah it goes through all of these and i didn't count the number of processes but i'm I, pretty sure they're nine probably there's some there's going to be a relationship to some number there right? has to be um but yeah it goes through a series of chemical processes or alchemical and right. he the man is in a chamber yeah and all of us being fed back into him and he's losing his he, mind he's hot boxing yeah was that what's yeah, going on because totally i was wondering if they're making him sweat and then the sweat yeah. is being used to distill the mortar. Yeah. Like he, like, everything that makes the thing gold is him. Okay. Right. There's, from him pooping it out and sweating it to him and inhaling about it, it and using the chemicals that his body produces to yeah. refine it. It's all him. All right. He has to do all the work. Got to recycle. And it can make okay. you go crazy. you right. Right. Yeah. You'll lose your, you literally we'll lose your in mind. In this huffing. process, you lose. <laughs> your mind yeah. which in all of these enlightenment philosophies yeah the mind is a lot of times relegated to the same thing as the ego mm -hmm. and you have to get out of your mind right to actually attain enlightenment I see. because you are not contained to this thing right that's like okay. so i'm guessing you're bigger than that. i'm so guessing that's why yodorowsky stayed up for a week with his wife to go probably insane to get in that right yeah. headspace yeah. i mean shit a week a week I can't imagine no I've done. I bet that's, they. I bet that's not entirely true. Yeah. Probably, they probably power nap. I'm there. sure yeah. they got a couple of like a couple yeah, minutes here. Like, like you pass out. I have intentionally like driven myself to about a 48 hour point. Yeah, it gets real you know, rough you get after kind a while. Of hallucinating. You, yeah, like you that. really do. 
Yeah. Kind of lose your place of where you're at. Like I've done it. You can't think that. straight. There's nope. you can't lock anything down mentally. Yep. You're just you're scattered. Yeah, I've had yeah. conversations like when Megan was in the accident and I was like up all the time and like the the plane ride back, the doctor's talking to me. Yeah. I don't remember the conversation, what I said yeah, to him. Yeah, so how do you do I was just like I'm guessing even yeah. with part of know, the part of the mythology of the film. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> I keep waiting for this Dune reference. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's uh, not so much uh, a, a a direct one to the story as much as it is some of the concepts and philosophies that that I think that he employs uh, or that he is a student of. Rather, he w- could read or decipher from you know the writings of Frank Herbert, and he was a big fan of Frank Herbert's work. Uh, in fact, the next movie he was supposed to do was Dune. Yeah, it was I saw a it. huge like undertaking, right? Like a mm-hmm. a very large production. Of it was it. supposed to be a very massive uh, movie, and there's a great documentary about it because the movie was never made. Um, but he he Did, was uh, the reason why he didn't get that gig because of the Holy Mountain. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. At the end of the movie, I was like, I don't think that I would give that guy any money to make a movie for no. me. But he made another movie after this. He made he made a movie after this called Santa Sangra, and then he made another like even lower budget movie. There was sort of a period in his career where he left the public eye, or how much of the public's eye he had ensnared. Right. Whatever he let go of that, and made a movie in India, um, and um, which, which was really really hard to find. And um, the next project he was supposed That's to get not surprising that he went to India. No, I'm not surprised by that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he go? No way. No way yeah, he'd go to India, no. right? No, no India. fucking way. Not the place with mountains and mystics, yeah. right? Yeah. No, he wouldn't go there. I was, um, thinking, I was thinking he should have went to Oklahoma. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> where the guru is. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you will find your intention in the biscuits and gravy. The biscuits and gravy. In Oklahoma. You see that you are the biscuit yeah. and I am the gravy. I am the gravy. Um, anyway, so yeah, Dune was supposed to be his next big budget, but after this movie, uh, Alan Klein was like, maybe I shouldn't give this guy much more money. Yeah. And so he actively tried to like, kind of like put a stopper on Jodorowsky's, um, career after this was kind of a dickhole about it. Made it, made things real difficult for him. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Cause it really is a, a I say this, it's a beautiful film. Mm. It really is a beautiful film. The colors. Mm-hmm symbols it's a shame you can't frame it you know yeah it's like to watch it is well again it it literally is the same thing like you're having to assault yeah this almost unimaginably dense material and a lot of his movies are like that too like he maybe not that's a niche audience oh you bet super niche i think the closest he got to like your your average narrative driven movie was one that he did in the 80s or 90s that I watch this video on him. It's a really great video. I'll I'll drop the uh, link to uh, in the um, on the Duck and the Asher page about him. If you want to know more about his career and his films, um, he did one where I think it was his only like director for hire film. Most of the time, it was just an undertaking of his own, you know, device or or device, right. whatever the word I'm looking is for. And um, I guess he just needed money, so he took on at least one movie that somebody else's work. Gotcha. I think. But he still puts his own panache on it. Like he still, right? Uses I can imagine his, his he's one style. of those guys where he's like, 
here are my terms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not willing to agree, to yeah. this, he's an artist. Yeah. Right. I, I imagine. He's and artist. another interesting thing about him too, is when you, when you hear him in interviews, he's not one of these like floaty, uh, dudes who just like speak in riddles he's, he's right. straight up forward and he talks he talks about things that are fun and when people want to ask him real deep questions he kind of avoids it and he's just nice. like just go watch my fucking movie you know? yeah exactly you yeah, know don't bother me with that he's like yeah. the real girl i don't have to explain go, it to go you away. Yeah. Yeah. go go look at my work he's like if i have to explain it to you what are you gonna get from it do you have a check oh okay cut the check we'll talk about it he's real because he's, he's done real. he's done more than just film like he got his start in theater too um he was a mime you know, you can see a lot of that that work. Yeah. He was assistant to Marcel Marceau. Holy sh! That's cool. Yeah, that's he, super cool. He's done a whole lot of shit. In fact, let me go. Uh, let me find this little bit I have about his. Uh, <laughs> got a whole <laughs> whole book over there. I sure do, bud. So, dense. In a blog post from the Indiana University Cinema, um, in a piece called "The Climb to the Holy Mountain," in September fifth. 2017 by David Carter, he writes, Jodorowsky is a man who deals in symbols, which is an almost silly thing to say considering the almost that almost all artists are in some way working with linguistic, physical, or oral means to convey a larger point. Jodorowsky is an artist who enjoys playing in the realm of the obtuse. His movies are moving tapestries of symbols from multiple cultures and multiple studies of faith, which isn't a big surprise when you realize Jodorowsky is, by all accounts, a citizen of the world. He was born in Bolivia to Russian parents, lived in Chile, worked in Paris, directed 100 plays in Mexico, and now lives in the U.S. His well-traveled experience and multifaceted skill set would be injected directly into his films. He has written comics, he has started and dissolved a theater movement, the Panic Movement, and was an assistant to Marcel Marceau. Uh, and he was also a shaman. So of course. He, of course he <laughs> is. He's all over wow. the place. dang. I'd, yeah. li I'd like to to see what our reviewer has to say. What are we at? Uh, are we just over an hour? Yeah, just over an hour, and uh, yeah. So I'm just going to tell you that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Let's. Uh, and I'm just kind of looking at like what Google tried to transcribe from what Voy Pronto left us, and it looks like he's <laughs> speaking a lot of Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I don't, it's what it looks like. But okay. let's go ahead and play it. So this is from uh, from our uh, our critic, Mr. Voy Pronto. Trying to figure out what the hell was happening here. What is happening? I'm supposed to be Bluetooth this thing, but it's not playing through Bluetooth, so I have to do. Was that way? Is it going through the mic? Yeah, it's going through the mic. So let me start that over. Let's do that. Technical difficulties yeah. here, ladies and gentlemen. Money laundering scheme. I mean, there was just 
so much. So much. And honestly, the main thing I came away with is this is the best artsy-fartsy indie movie I've ever seen, visually. (laughs) And yet it has that one thing that most of those movies have, which is the worst audio quality you've ever experienced. How could someone be so visually insightful and have such terrible taste in sound? Great choice in movie, though. Five ducks. Oh, they gave it five ducks. Five ducks. Yeah, sorry about that little uh, problem we had there. I don't know why my Bluetooth wasn't working. He kind of sounds good when he's coming through like a like it, an old I, speaker. I like this <laughs> microphone, so it picked it up pretty well. Yeah, no, it's a great microphone. Uh, so yeah, I guess yeah, I'll, no, I totally I'll agree with sum it up. His, yeah. uh, that, that's a that's yeah. a great summary. I think so too. Uh, Josh, would you care to duck it? Three, three ducks. Three. Okay. Now, that feels one of them feels like a, like a sympathy I, duck. <laughs> it, I give it three ducks because I was going to give it two. But uh-huh. I give it th- <laughs> yeah. after the conversation. That's the conversation it usually changes. I give it three ducks because it, it is visually very pretty. It, yeah, it definitely does that. The reason I'm not giving it a full five is because to me it it I did go to school for theater. I've studied mm-hmm. Beckett. I've studied absurdism. I've studied all. I, I understand it. I get it. Hell, the show that I'm doing. Is, is considered an Similar. absurdist play. Yeah, yeah. It's not as crazy as this. Um, but, it, yeah, I don't think I would rewatch it anytime soon. No. Um, maybe on drugs? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> if I took some like hallucinogenics, I might try it. It just it just didn't float my didn't float my duck. Okay, right? all right. Didn't really float my duck I like much. that analogy. So I just, good, good three. Uh, I kind of covered most of my ideas about the movie, uh, you know, through the course of that hour. Uh, and as I said before, it definitely requires your participation as the viewer. This movie isn't, uh, isn't a casual view. Yeah, at all. And that's Not why we didn't, that's yeah. why we didn't do clips because really there's yeah. no, the reason we do clips is to walk you through some plot line and there right. is no plot line to this. So uh, yeah, it's, there's very few it's symbol. It's visual in nature. Yeah. So the audio doesn't carry right and at all and that's because like when we're when we have clips it's the strength of the actor's performance that that comes through in those clips to convey whatever's going on in that scene and since there were very there were actors in this but i definitely use the term loosely when when it comes to it was very like i wrote down in my notes plato plato's allegory of the gate cave okay yeah so it's very much that where it's like we're watching those dream images we're the active participant. Yeah, yeah. Not it's not an action. Like we're not going to get drawn into it. The movie is trying to speak to you in a different way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's the wondrous, crazy mosaic <laughs> of a myriad of ideas and illusions, and the eschewing of the illusions and recognizing them is important, just like I do at the end. When he suggests real life awaits, I like that. It's great yeah. to have an esoteric spiritual outlook on things. Yes. Um, but reality is cold and unforgiving, and trapping yourself in the fantasy woo-woo bullshit won't save you. Uh, so you got to come up for air sometimes. Yes. Um, but I do love all of the yeah, interpretations. Great. I loved it. I think it's worth everyone Four ducks watching. for me. I would totally give it five ducks. Oh, five. All right. So we got a three, four, five. Three, four, five. Three, four, five. So... I need to write those on bigger paper. We still we still have some in here. I will. Yeah, we can do that. But I still have some in here that other people suggested. Well, yeah, we're gonna draw from that, and then we'll add. The then we'll add others. more to it. Yeah. Or, J- or J- we could wait until those are gone, and then add all the new suggestions at once. 
Yeah, we can figure that out. Okay, well, yeah, we'll do Jay, it. Jay, you want to do the others? Yeah, I'll do it. Reach in the bucket, pull mm-hmm. out a name. Mm-hmm. 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 I can't grab one. They're all so small and tight. You need my glasses. <laughs> you want me to read it or you guys? Go for it. Thing? Ruben D. Ed? Ruben, Ruben and Ed. Ruben and Ed. Oh, nice. Megan's going to be very happy about that. She's going to be very happy. I was asking. We had a conversation the other day uh, on on the thread online, like about uh, I have obscure it, movies. I have it on DVD, so you can just come over and watch it with me. Sweet. So uh, it All won't right. be this Wednesday; it'll be next Wednesday. Okay. And yeah, do we have anything else? I want to thank again uh, AJ Simmons for becoming one of our new producers. Thank you so much; that really does help us out. You have that, that applause? I don't. I need to read. No, I don't have any of the applause stuff oh, anymore. All right. Uh, but thank you, Jay, for joining yeah. us. And yeah, no, it was a blast. I love it, this. It was yeah. always good to have you because I knew I wouldn't get into the whole uh, <laughs> like shaman spiritualism <clears throat> stuff that, that you study. So yeah, 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 yeah totally. Sweet. Thanks for being here. Yeah, for, no, thanks, right. guys. I appreciate it. Had yeah. a lot of fun. All right, folks. Well, peace, love, and rock and roll. Bye.